Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and Real Football is back once again this weekend after the international break as the Cobblers travel to the quite brilliantly named Tough Sheet Stadium to face Bolton Wanderers. Joining us to digest all things Bolton ahead of Saturday from the Bolton Wanderers podcast, The Fan Zone, is Ben Timberlake. How are you doing, Ben? I am doing very well, Danny. Thanks for having me. Cool. Thanks for coming on. Um, pleasure. It's been a while, actually, since we played you, so it'd be, it's good to reacquaint ourselves with Bolton a little bit. Um, on a personal level, to start off with, can you just tell us a little bit about how you became a Bolton fan, how long you've been a Bolton fan for? I'll be honest, it's probably not the most exciting story. Um, <laughs> so none of my family are actually into football. So my dad's not a football fan, granddad's not a football fan, mum certainly isn't. Uh, my uncle supports Villa and that's about the closest association my family has with football. And one of my core memories as a child was actually being sat down uh, on a beanbag that I think was in the, in, in the back room. Uh, and my mum gave me a list of, I think, four or five football teams. Um, one was Bolton. I think uh, United were probably up there. Uh, and there were a few Lancashire-based clubs, so like Wigan, Preston, um, and basically just got told to to pick one and lucky me i ended up with bolton <laughs> this is literally names out of a hat kind of jobby is it basically yeah pretty much a name out of a hat job yeah nice. and uh since then i'd like to say i've never looked back but uh, <laughs> probably look back on my decision uh, and wish that i'd pick someone else at some point and what uh, what kind of year is this when you're doing the, what when you're kind of starting off sort of picking that name of the hat where, where are Bolton at in your in your history just to um back then it would have been the Premier League um okay. so it must have been when I was about eight or nine um and we would have been in the Premier League um and I, I remember quite fondly uh unfortunately I should say the only Premier League game I had the pleasure of attending was when we played Chelsea uh, and all I can remember was Drogba absolutely rinsing us. Um, and I think we, we must have lost about six now. It was horrific. It was home. 
Uh, and that was my, I think that probably one of my first games actually as a kid. I went with my mum and that was a, a very warm welcome to Bolton. Yeah, <laughs> nothing put you off still after that. Yeah, so even, somehow I'm still here. Yeah, <laughs> even like the weird thing to think of, like a little slip of the hand, you could have been at Ewood Park or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yep. Any kind of memories at all? I mean, we haven't played you a lot since then. We played you once quite famously in the League Cup in 2008. Um Bayark and Fen were special up at your place. Um, then there's only been two league meetings since the the, the uh, 2016-17 season. Um, so I guess there's not a massive amounts of memory or knowledge that you have of or sort of feelings either way towards the Cobblers at the minute. No, to be honest. I mean, you've probably got the wrong person on to, to have any memories <laughs> of, of Northampton. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm only 21 um, and, my, you know, going back as far as I can is that Chelsea game. And that's about as far back as my memory goes. Um, and, you know, a few disappointing games in the championship, some more disappointing games in League One, and more recently a disappointing start in League Two. Um, so there's, there's quite a, a familiar trend there. But but no, I, I've always liked Northampton and, and I can't quite explain why. Um, it just strikes me as a as a proper football club. Um, I, I can't begin to tell you why. I don't even know where that that's come from. But yeah, uh, no hard feelings. I think is is probably the right way to put it. That'll depend how Saturday goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think we're massively um, offensive to a lot of people, to be honest. Um, probably because we've handed lots of people wins over the years and and things like that. But again, it's just the fact that we haven't played you for in sort of consistently, isn't it? That you you don't kind of build up any kind of feelings towards another team if you haven't played them back to back or had like incidents it only takes one sort of disallowed goal or something against the team doesn't it <laughs> <You> <laughs> automatically yeah. start um yeah bring it up. but yeah 20 um 2017 would have been the last time we played you not a lot happened to bolton since then last uh, few years i mean there's been there's been the odd, <laughs> odd couple of things thrown at us here and there um we were on on sky sports news with a, a big old countdown next to our name oh, um obviously unfortunately Berry or Berry, however you want to say it, were the ones that didn't make it, and we uh, survived very much by the skin of our teeth. Um, all credit to, to Football Ventures. So yeah, I think we've probably been through the ringer a little bit since then, uh, since we we would have last uh, had a meeting with Northampton. So yeah, I think we've had our fair share of. Well, I don't even know what you begin to call it. Um, problems, I think, is probably the nicest way of putting it. Yeah, it's just complete turmoil since coming down from the championship hasn't it it's um what was it 2019 that would have been when you were sort of on the brink of going out of business completely and it was like say yourselves and Barry that horrendous Sky Sports News countdown I mean how did you feel about that for, to start with it must have just been like what are you doing you're, you're like this is the future of a football club in doubt and you're kind of yeah. making some sort of drama out of it it's, it was unbelievable yeah watching um watching Jim on Sky Sports it was I remember I had it on because obviously I wanted to keep up to date and, you know, constantly refreshing places like the Bolton News uh, and just seeing the two badges with a big countdown in the middle with a, a Sky Sports presenter stood in the middle of it, acting like it was, it, it had a, a very deadline day feel to it, you know, yeah. like they were almost trying to create some sort of excitement out of it. It was really bizarre. Um, and I mean, I think I think uh, he still gets stick for it now um, from from Bolton and Berry fans. But yeah, it was it completely bizarre. I think that um, unless you've 
unless you've been there and unless you've you've sat and you know watched your team get put so close to what what literally extinction um i don't think you you could ever really understand how it feels it's it it's just a sinking feeling more than anything um not to be you know melodramatic or whatever but it it really is it's just you know it it puts into perspective as well how much football means to so many different people um mm-hmm. that's the big thing you know for for a lot of people football takes up their entire weekends you know people travel hundreds of miles spend hundreds of pounds uh and, and it means so much to so many different people and to have that so close to being taken away from you is is unthinkable for for so many mm. and like you say you're you're at exactly the same time as Berry and unfortunately what happened to Berry was just the the worst case scenario and you came within I mean I seem to remember it was just hours before that deadline kicked in that you you got this this salvation and you you managed to stay in business and everything but just what was that feeling like when that was confirmed and because obviously you're seeing Barry at the same time and it's becoming to a point now where you always think sort of in the build-up the first the, the few weeks in the build-up you think i oh, you know something's going to happen someone's going to come in at the last minute to save us it, it'll be fine you know this has never happened before it won't you know we'll be completely fine we're a massive club as you are um but when it gets that close to to actually happening what's the feeling like when it it just gets you get saved and you get a club again it's relief is the obvious one um but such an an overwhelming sense of relief you know there was conversations going around at the time of who else are are we going to support like you know what's your second team because that was the reality that we were facing you know people were looking at clubs that were close to them and considering buying tickets to sort of get a taste of what they might be in for should Bolton Wanderers not not exist anymore um and so when football ventures obviously spearheaded by Sharon Britton, um when that came around it was just pure relief. I mean, even before that we had Lawrence Bassini rocking up at the ground with his papers and telling us that all would be fine and we were in safe hands. Uh thankfully that didn't ever come to fruition. But yeah, when 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 Sharon and Football Ventures came in, it was just a huge, huge relief. Uh, you know, people would queue outside the ground and I think the ticket office in the club shop, uh, you know, waiting to, to, to ask, has it been done? Um, a bit of Bolton culture is, is has it been done? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, just that, that, that sense of relief, like a weight off your shoulders of knowing, you know, things might actually slowly get back to normal uh everyone was looking forward to it and then covid came along and it was like you just can't get you can't get a a stroke of luck yeah because covid comes along and then you're you're relegated i think you've had some points deductions and stuff going into that 2019 20 2019-20 season sorry um 2020-21 you're in league two which is for a club like bolton pretty much unthinkable but i'm guessing at that point is it just a case of we're in League Two, but you know we've got a club, so let's just start building again, and everything's everything is fine as long as the club's still going. Yes, uh, I think for some that is still the case. Um, I think a lot of people forget that we're only four years down the line of of being so close, and if you look at Barry now, I mean, thankfully they're, they're, they're starting from scratch but making some progress uh, and that could ve- very well have been us and I know where I'd rather be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, to, to, to be in League 2 was 
I, for me, it was actually quite an experience because obviously I'd grown up knowing Bolton as a, a Premier League team and then grown up a little bit more and watched us fall all the way from the top flight to, to, to the bottom flight, uh, right at the bottom of the, the, the football pyramid. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was certainly an experience. Um, and like you said, at the time it was unthinkable, but... And the way we started that League Two season was unthinkable, but um, yeah, I think for a lot, a lot of fans, right up until till Christmas before things turned around, it was just a case of look, we're in League Two. It's a long way back, so let's just for now be thankful that we're we're still here to make that journey back. Mm, but but straight away, you you, you want to be celebrating. You want to be especially promotion you want to be celebrating being even having a club again being back in the in the league playing football watching your team again slowly starts to be on the up but but lockdown happens you can't see any of it i assume was there maybe one or two games in that league 2 season that people could come in for but it just wasn't the same was it and how was it no. to go up and to have that first step on your journey back actually be all watching <laughs> on i follow and stuff it, it was a it was a really really weird feeling. Uh, nothing would have beaten being in the ground with people, but actually there was something really special about being at home and you know swinging my little brother around by his arms when at Mansfield we scored to go three to up at, uh, with what kick started our, our resurgence really. Um, and that, yeah, I remember we spoke about this on one of the episodes of our podcast, and Chris, who's a co-host on the Fan Zone Pod said that he was jumping around with his son and his dog was going absolutely mental in that same game uh, against mm. Mansfield. And so not being in the ground to celebrate those sorts of games you know, away from home, the atmosphere is just top-notch, was was sore. But there's there's something to be, to be said for the jubilation that would have been scattered throughout homes in Bolton and front rooms and, and the likes. Um, so, yeah, it was unfortunate, but... Yeah, it was a it was a special season. Yeah, we'd had something similar the year before, like playing in an empty Wembley to go up and think this is the season that we're crossing over again. Um, and it's just that you enjoy it in a different way, don't you? It's like you, there's there's a different kind of and a unique and hopefully something that'll never happen again a uniqueness to it to that promotion <laughs> and that, that will always stick in your memory for to being you know, that special and that different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was uh it's just a case of it being that different that you will always remember it. Um you know, I, I don't think anyone will, will forget for a long time COVID as a whole, but sitting in your front room uh, tuning in on a Saturday to I follow was uh, <laughs> a whole experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, since then, the ninth place uh, in the first season back in League One, really good effort to start off with. Uh last season coming fifth, um Unfortunately, losing in the playoff semi-finals very narrowly to Barnsley. Um, last season, how disappointing was that to lose the semi-final? Like, were you ready to go up, do you think? Or, or was it a kind of, we've got to just take our chance while we can, and it was really frustrating and disappointing not to? I've thought about this so much, and we spoke about it so many times um, as Bolton fans, and it was it was a weird one. I think, I don't think I was disappointed to not go up. I was disappointed in the way that we didn't go up. I don't think we really turned up to, to Barnsley at all. Um, 
and yeah so i don't think it was the fact that we we didn't go up it was the nature of of how we sort of succumbed to defeat at barnsley um do i think we were ready probably not in all honesty um you look at the work that's going on at the minute in terms of squad development but also progressing the commercial side of the club um i think had we had gone up into the championship and we're doing that now, it probably would have been a step too far and we'd be back in League One next season. So quite likely that it would have been a, a reach too far. Um, but, you know, this season we, we, we have a chance to, to really kick on from that and take what we had from last season and hopefully improve on it. Mm. Well, obviously, you've had both ends of the scale in terms of your fan base. Like a lot of the older supporters would have remembered, or not even that old supporters would have remembered the Premier League games, the, the, he- the heady heights of the Premier League. A lot, of the, a lot of you guys now remember the League Two days and almost going out of business. So there's that kind of weird c- scenario where you've got both ends of the scale of you've experienced both the high, the very, very top, what you would potentially call a high and the very, very low in the bottom and almost losing the club. So where, where do you kind of sit as a fan base now in terms of where Bolton are at and what the expectations are? Is it, is it, are you kind of just thinking one step at a time or do you feel like you fit somewhere in the pyramid still? I think there is a, a huge contrast in expectation amongst football fans of all clubs, but I would yeah. a, a, especially say that that sits uh, at Bolton as well. There is a huge contrast between where some people think we should be and where others think we should be. Uh, and there's a big contrast probably to both of those of where we actually are. Um so yeah, there's a there's a, a big mix amongst fans. I can only speak for myself personally. I think we're probably at the minute it's undeniable we're in in and about the right level you know we're here for a reason um the expectation i think for me watching us come all the way down uh and you know really probably my strongest memories as a bolton fan and and you know the most recent most familiar ones are of us getting turned over every week um i remember wolves coming to our place uh in the championship uh, when they got promoted, I remember Villa turning up at our place with Tammy Abraham and Jack Grealish and players like that, and just absolutely pumping us every week. And so now it's actually quite nice to to feel like we're we're getting somewhere. But I do think you know it's probably you, you can't really fault them, the fans that have been and watched us at Bayern Munich and Atletico Madrid and you know places like that uh, have got that expectation that we are Bolton and we should be you know, wherever you want to call it, the Premier League or the Championship. Um, So sometimes I think they need bringing back down a little bit. But, you know, as I said, I think as a whole, the fan base is so split with expectation. Yeah, I guess it's... I forget you're in um, Europe as well. (laughs) You would have been called the UEFA Cup back then, Big Sam and all that. So you've even been sort of punching above your weight in the Premier League as well at that point. But what a a complete rollercoaster. Ian Everett in charge now. Let's talk about him. Yes. He played on loan for the Cobblers at one point. Um, been with you since 2020. Oh, wow. Done some great, some great work um, at Barrow. Can you tell us a little bit about his style, what he's done particularly for the club? He's a fantastic manager. Perhaps, you know, he's, he's had his difficulties with man management perhaps in the past. There were issues with, you know, 
the the way he conducted himself in interviews in relation to specific players. Um, there have been numerous times where you know he's probably sniped at the referee a little bit or made comments in 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 post match press that perhaps he looks back on now and wishes he hadn't said, but. At the time, uh, he's still a really young manager. Uh, back then, obviously, he was even younger. Uh, so he's certainly come come a long way. I mean, I don't think there were many that weren't excited when he came from Barrow after seeing what he did there. You know, can can probably actually be described as a footballing miracle to have a team in the National League North that were only just avoiding the drop, struggling financially, to then come and, and take on that job and, and prove himself the way he did. I don't think there were many fans that weren't looking forward to his appointment. Since then, it's been one hell of a journey. The The way he plays has been, you know, when it works, it works really well. When it doesn't, some people, you know, question why we sort of try and play a certain way in, you know, what's what people class as the lower divisions. But on the whole, I think, you know, he's a, he's a great manager. He's got lots of talent. There's there's a big future there for him. He likes playing expansive football. He likes playing pressing, you know, free-flowing football, which is odd considering he was a defender himself. And both his head coach, Sam Hurd, um, who's actually left now, or, or is leaving pretty soon, was a defender as well. So to have that and, and still, what you know, pride himself really on attacking football, um, that's that's really quite pleasing on the eye at times. Is uh, is odd, but it's it seems to have worked for us so far, and long may it continue. It's just like the anti Big Sam, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Um, how important has it been sort of to have that stability at the top? And like, you see a lot of these, a lot of clubs that go through crises and crisis, crises um, that just change the manager all the time, and they go they go from one to the other, and especially with Ian Effort, who's bringing in a completely new way of playing and a, a refreshing everything about the club. It it almost does take a bit of patience, but do you think it, how important do you think it has been to have just to stick with it? And obviously, you've had really good success so far, but. On the in the times when you've maybe had a couple of games where you've lost and there's murmuring starts happening, it's not quite working, like you say. But how important has it been just to stick with that? It's funny because, as you will know, we played Carlisle before the international break, yeah. uh, and it was safe to say that Ian Everts' master plan of, of of the way that we play didn't quite come to fruition. Um, <laughs> and there's been a few instances so far this season uh, where we've. Perhaps even been humiliated at home is is what you would call it. Uh, Wigan being beat by them 4-0 after their first visit back to us since beating us 4-0 the last time round. Um, losing to Carlisle 3-1. The, the, there's been those glimpses of what's going on. Let's, let's, let's not have any more of these. But as you said, that stability from the top has been, been pivotal. Uh, you know, the owners have, have backed him financially. They've, uh, you know, placed their trust in him, giving him a new contract. And that all stems from success on the pitch. And, you know, you don't get those sorts of decisions given to you from the powers above for no reason. Uh, you look at teams, perhaps like Watford, who, you know, change their manager more than you know i go shopping for it's just bonkers uh wigan i know went through a bit of a a tough time with their owners since bringing new ones in and then 
having them ship back out again. So that stability from, you know, whether it's uh, a management position, all those, you know, right at the top in terms of directors and the board and whatnot, it's, it's absolutely crucial. Uh, I think success starts from there and works its way down onto the pitch and that's no easy process and we've been very very fortunate I think to, to have that and and stick with Everett even when things were looking tough you know even in League Two I think the board understood where he wanted to go the fans some of the fans understood where he wanted to go but most importantly he knew where he wanted to go uh, and, and slowly but surely he's sort of managed to, to implement his style bring in the players that he wants and uh and make it work for him but yeah it's 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 crucial to get that stability it seems to be such a good fit for you and that stability that longevity as well um and he's grown in his um managerial career as well um we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a few minutes time we'll talk more about this season we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the It's a Cobblers Me preview show. I'm still here with Ben Timberlake. Uh, ben, this season then doing well, um, like I say, up in sixth. Um, only three defeats so far this season, but all against teams that you'd probably expect to beat. Um, lower reach of the table. I know Wigan and Reading have got that kind of deductions and that kind of side of things as well. But um, Carlisle, like I said, two weeks ago, it would have been now. What do you put that down to? What happened in that game? Because I know they brought sort of four and a half thousand fans and it, it kind of had that Derby-ish atmosphere. I know it's not a Derby, but it had that atmosphere. But even like the staunchest of pessimists wouldn't have seen that coming. What do you, what do you put all of these defeats down to? Our squad has been absolutely decimated by injuries and there aren't many mm-hmm. across the 92 that could deal with the amount that we've had. I think we had maybe six or seven at one point that were all, you know, either first team or rotation players that were right on that cusp of being first team starters. And so we've been absolutely decimated by injuries. The international breaks, obviously we had a few players off off for internationals. Um and you know, and even if they don't play, you know, they're flying six, seven hours to get where they need to go. And it's a it's it's a it's a harsh old game football. Um so yeah, I think Carlisle perhaps may have been uh, a game too far. Um it's a little concerning that come October, players are looking fatigued and struggling with their fitness. Um, probably comes as no surprise because they will have played a lot of games because of injuries uh, and because of the internationals. So I think Carlisle may well have been a game too far for the lads to stretch, but that doesn't excuse poor performances. So, you know, injuries are miss. 
you can't turn up and expect that you're going to win games because we've we've been uh, victims of that all too often, it feels like. Uh, and that probably stems from Everett being so confident in his team and his ability that perhaps we rock up to some places just expecting three points uh, to be handed to us. I think Wigan losing 4-0 was just a no-show. We just didn't turn up. Uh, and, you know, teams get that. And I think that was just a case that we didn't turn up, uh, which we've unfortunately got uh, <laughs> a pretty pretty frustrating habit of doing against Wigan, uh, as much as it pains me to say. And then Reading uh, was, again, I think, just a case of us not turning up. We did well to go 1-0 up, but then it all seemed to have capitulated and we didn't really have the strength in depth to to bring someone off the bench that could really you know, light a game on fire and, and keep us in the game. So, unfortunately, I think those three have all probably had something to do with injuries and just a case of us not turning up when we needed to. A few weeks ago, you, you beat Port Vale 1-0. Ian Everett called, I think it was the first half, one of the best, or if not the best first half that he's seen since he's joined you, which is quite the compliment considering how much success he's had with you. Then you, um, you beat Stevenage again, uh, 3-2 and then lose to Carlisle 3-1. But that Carlisle game, especially is, again, in contrast to that Port Vale game. So where do you sit more consistently like what's the what's the real Bolton and what's the one that turns up more often and is is there any concerns that you slip into sort of the four nils against Wigan the three ones against Carlisle a little bit too easily I think there is uh there is a little bit of a concern I'd love to tell you where the most consistent Bolton comes from but I don't think any of us really know um you know, some games we sit and say that we have a soft underbelly and, and teams lower down the division may, you know, rough us up a little bit and we don't like it. But then to go to a team like Port Vale and, and beat them, you know, away from home when they were flying high and a, a really physical team, put that one to bed to beat Stevenage at home. Uh, when they were well up for it, another big physical side mm-hmm. that again further put that one down the pan and and nobody I don't think really knows where the most consistent Bolton actually comes from we've talked about on our podcast quite a lot about us us not having it uh, but that it changes on a week by week basis Um, so I just think it's consistency Uh, and where that comes from I don't know whether it comes from the training ground whether it comes from quality of players I don't know where it comes from whether it comes from you know an injury free squad there's just something that that's that's not allowing us to pin down our opponents on a week by week basis uh, and getting caught up. Um, but we've seen with Everett for the last three seasons now that there's been some sort of period, which is usually after Christmas, where the team finds that consistency. Uh, you know, in League Two, it was what sent us all the way up into promotion spots. Uh, for our first season in League One, it really catapulted us up the table and, and secured what was a good first season back in League One. And last year, it, it kept us in the playoffs. So, uh, in honest answer to your question, I have no idea what <laughs> needs to happen for us to be consistent. I'm just hoping we figure out quick enough so that we can uh, look at a promotion season this year. Yeah, the likes of Ricardo Santos being out against Carlisle didn't help. I'm guessing he's an absolute mountain near the back for you. Is he back for Saturday? I don't think it's confirmed. I think it's it's likely. Uh, it's possible. Um, 
but I think we're all waiting to see on that one. Uh, I know we've had a couple of players out on international duty. We had a few lads for, for Northern Ireland, so I, I'm not sure whether he will be or not. Did Dion Charles go on Northern Ireland, sorry? Yes, he did. He went with our, our centre-half, Owen Towell, so they were both out yeah. on uh, on internationals. Yeah. Is he is he playing for Northern Ireland, Dion Charles, or either of them? They, they're getting in, are they having, getting minutes? Yeah, so he's he's started a few games. I think he scored one or two in qualifiers. Um, I think he played 30-odd minutes um, with with Northern Ireland. I think Toll played a full 90. Um, so, yeah, the, our, our lads are getting out and getting minutes, which is, as a football club, really, really, you know, promising. Um, it's, it's good to see, so... You know, it, it's good to see, but then it, it comes back to the league and, and players are fatigued and tired and it's it's putting a bit of strain on an already really quite stringy squad. Mm. But when you've got someone like Charles, eight goals this season, 21 in all competitions last season, just how important is he for you? I know he was, was he nursing his shoulder a little bit at the end of the last game, but obviously he's gone on to international duty, he should be fine for the weekend, but... How important is he for you? Crucial. Uh, there, there is only one word for it. Uh, I think without him, the press from the front goes, the goals dry up. And uh, yeah, we really, really miss him. He's a fantastic player, is Dion. Uh, and we're really, really lucky to have him. Uh, his work rate is is second to none. I think he's probably the hardest hardest worker in the team, without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, his goal contributions, but his contributions probably to the dressing room. And of course, his work rate is, is you know, just crucial. Uh, and we're really, really lucky to have him. Uh, last season was, was fantastic for him. And I'm sure he'll even be wishing this season to go on and uh, and one-up himself. So yeah, I think Dion, Dion's excellent. Yeah. Any concerns at all about January losing him? Was there any sniffs in August about it? There were some in summer, I believe. Stoke were in the mix, um, and I believe may have even been Watford that were were, were having a little look, uh, and we answered that by giving him a new contract. <laughs> so I think unless uh, a big offer comes around, I think we're pretty safe uh, with, with Dion. I think there's concerns over a couple of players, maybe like Santos um, and, and and the likes, but. I think for Dion, uh, it's it's funny actually because we, we we had a bid accepted of one million pound for George Thomason, who was uh, supposedly off to Bristol City, and he actually turned the move down to stay at Bolton. Um, and it really feels like that the group of players that we've got at the minute are, are part of a, a quite special project, uh, and they've bought into it and they want to be here. So yeah, uh, there is always concern because you know. Ever would be the first to admit that everyone's got a selling price. So there, there are some concerns of, of whether players will go or not. But I mean, in League One, you, you're in that business whether you like it or not. And that says a lot in itself you, that you're even able to reject a £1 million bid at this point. Like if someone's giving us a million for anyone, we're saying take it and run. Um, and the fact that Dion <laughs> Charles will sign a new contract over going potentially to a higher division as well. There's obviously a sense that this squad and this management team all believe that this is the season and you know, top two is definitely achievable. 
Yeah, it would certainly seem that way. Um, the players have bought into it. You know, the fans have bought into it. We're, we're really sort of heading in the right direction. It feels like I'm being a bit too optimistic after our, our defeat against Carlisle. And I have no doubts on Saturday that <laughs> there's every possibility that you'll come to our place, smash and grab a, a one or two nil win. And we'll, <laughs> we'll be sat on our podcast thinking what on earth is going on. Coming on to Saturday then, firstly, expectations about a team like us, a teams like Carlisle, teams coming up from League Two. Is this after that defeat, I don't want to mention it too much, but after that defeat last time out, is this almost must win now for you? Absolutely. Yeah, 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 I think so. I think we did really well against Stevenage. I think the game perhaps was a little bit rough around the edges, but we come away with three points and that was that was really, really important. Perhaps did it the wrong way around. I think people wanted six points out of our games against Port Vale, Stevenage and Carlisle, but weren't expecting us to drop three against Carlisle. Um, so, yeah, I think Northampton has, has, has cropped up as probably a really, really important game for us to bounce back and uh, and put to bed the, the concerns over you know the Carlisle game and perhaps a few performances uh there needs to be a performance there needs to be a response uh and I'm sure the group are capable of that uh whether they will do it or not is a different question but I'm I'm looking forward to it I think Northampton will prove as a test for us uh as one of those teams that we might have gone to previously and expected three points to be given to us on a plate uh and in football that is just absolutely not the case you know, you hear of it all the time. We've seen it. We've experienced it a number of times. You can't write any off, anyone off in League One. Uh, it's such a competitive league. It's, you know, anyone can take points from anyone. And I wouldn't even begin to, to disrespect Northampton by suggesting that we'll, we'll you know, turn up and, and walk all over you and take away three points because it's just not the case. You've bounced back pretty well so far this season. There's never really been a, a time where you've lost two on the bounce, come back with draws after these defeats and then built yourself up back up with a couple of wins. Uh, how are you going to be set up tactically? Are you going to come at us from the off, do you think? Is it going to be a case of a point to prove? Let's go out, let's come at us and, and try and get the early goals. How How is Ian ever going to set you up this for this one? I would imagine it would be exactly as you've described. I think that's the, the, the way we tend to go tr- or try and go about business. No matter where we're playing, uh, there's been a, a notable increase in, in starting games on the front foot. It's something that needed addressing. Last season, we were we were far too slow off the mark and found ourselves conceding early goals and giving ourselves a mountain to climb. Uh, I think last season, we were one of the best teams in the league um, when we went one up. But I don't think we lost very many games at all. Uh, and our win rate after getting the first goal was was exceptional, uh, and that's something that they've looked to carry on this season. So I think it will be, uh, you know, hot out the gate and uh, and trying to to get on top and dictate the game, control possession, uh, tie you out and, and and come away with three points, uh, but try and put that game to bed as early as possible. But I think everyone will be well aware that. In League One, in any league, you can't write any teams off. And if you go there expecting three points, you'll uh, you get a nasty shock. So I think we'll 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 go for it, but we'll be we'll be careful. Uh, and perhaps that might lead to us being over careful and over complicating things, which we've seen <laughs> before as well. Um, but I'm sure it'll be a an interesting game. Yeah, let's hope so from both sides of things. If you're in the opposite dressing room, if you're in the cobblers' dressing room, giving the team talk about how to beat Bolton what would you be saying to them? I'd probably just tell you to play your normal game. Don't don't play for the occasion, play for the play for the game. 
uh, play for the fans. We've done it where we've gone to places and tried to change the way we play because of who we're playing, and it doesn't work. Um, I think if you are aggressive, you attack the ball, looking at the channels, you know, attack either side of our uh, wide centre-backs and just in behind the full-backs. A lot of teams have had success with that. But yeah, just play your game because there is nothing at all that's a given right that we're going to come away with three points. So I think for, for Northampton, it's just a case of playing your game and not changing just because you're playing Bolton, which some teams might do. But yeah, I think it'll be a, it'll be a good game. Uh, and I'm excited to see what Northampton bring. Yeah, it should be good. Hopefully, we we don't tend to change too much in the way we play, considering um, the opposition and stuff. But um, I do think it's going to be a massive, massive test and challenge for us after a couple of weeks out as well. Probably the worst case thing in the world, that defeat you had before the international break. I don't think that's good for us at all, <laughs> if I'm honest. Uh, it's just um, football fans syndrome, isn't it? Um, Cobblers fans going up to Bolton then at the weekend. Where should they be eating? Where should they be drinking? Where can you get a pint before the game? Oh, so the the designated away pub is called Beehive. Nice. So that's a 10-minute walk from the ground. Um, there's a number of places on Middlebrook that you can grab something to eat. I don't think our home fans are are up for much trouble. Uh, so you can get yourselves on Middlebrook and find somewhere. There's, there's plenty of places, whether it's, you know, what you're after is McDonald's or KFC or whether you want a meal. There's a quite a nice uh, Thai restaurant. It's called Nam Ploy. So if oh, you nice. fancy getting there a little bit early and having a bit of cuisine, then get yourself <laughs> to, to Nam Ploy. It's a, it's a good grub. Nice. I don't think I've ever considered getting a tie before a football match for some reason. This doesn't feel right. I don't know why. It's not something you would expect. No, it's probably no. the furthest from Bolton you can get as well. <laughs> um, but it's a it's, it's good grub. Um, yeah, so, so whatever it takes your fancy, there's a there's something for everyone. I'm sure. Amazing. Plenty of options then. Um, uh, let's come on to predictions then to finish off with for the game. You're obviously going to be wanting to to bounce back quite strongly and to kickstart the the season back up again in the playoffs. You can, you've still got a, you know a, a long time to try and catch the top two, which I'm assuming is one of your targets for the season. Yeah. Prediction for this one from you? I think it'll be a two nil win. I think is 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 pretty modest. Um, but like I said, it can go one of two ways. It'll either you'll come and beat us and we'll walk away with our tail between our legs or we'll get back to what we know and love as Bolton and, and probably come away with a, a handful of goals and be delighted with it. But it could honestly be either one. What are you expecting from the game? Um, I'm, it's going to be tough. Like I say, I think it's it's it's, it's always going to be challenging going to a, a team like, like with sort of size and budgets and everything of you, but we know what we're getting into when we're coming into this league. But... I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to predict. I don't like predicting defeats, but I just haven't got a great feeling about this one. I have had the last couple of games. I've had good feelings for some for whatever reason. Um, but for this one, I just think you're a bit of a wounded animal. A never won't want to lose two in a row, especially to promoted teams. The expectation from your side of things will be there. I think the best we can probably get is a draw. I'll predict a draw just because I want it, but I'm not convincing myself. If I'm honest, I'm going to go. I'll go. I'll go for a two-two just to just to pluck something out and to to come home, which I think we'll be we'll be absolutely happy with. Um, but I think for you, anything other than a, than a win, right, is is going to be a bit of a dismal one. It certainly will be. But you know, 
we, we can't write you off. I, I, is it 11 you've conceded all season? Yeah, it's not been a lot, I don't think, no. No, it's not. When you look at that that bottom end of the table, I mean, even as as high as Port Vale, you've got, you know, they've conceded 20 goals this season and they're currently sat in at 11th. I mean, Shrewsbury above you, I think, have conceded 13. So it doesn't look like you concede very many goals. And for a team that perhaps struggles against teams that don't concede very many, it should make for for some good Saturday entertainment. And and hopefully when we next see you, uh, if you you join us on our podcast or I come back, we might be talking about the last time we beat you, which would be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) No, it should be a great afternoon. Really looking forward to the trip again to reacquaint ourselves with with what's the tough sheet, like I said earlier. Thank you, Ben. Thanks so much for joining us. Really, really pleasure to speak with you. Um, Anything you want to plug before we go? If you are listening and you fancy a bit of Bolton Wanderers content, or just you know a couple of uh, a couple of mates having a chat about football, then you can check out the Fan Zone Pod. Uh, you can find us wherever YouTube, Spotify, Twitter, wherever you are, we're probably there as well. So yeah, get onto that. But thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much, Ben, for coming on. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Good luck to the Cobblers this weekend with that long, oh, longish trip north, uh, and of course the NTFC women who host Coventry Sphinx in the FA Cup third round qualifying this Sunday that's 2pm at Fernie Fields on Sunday so do get on down to catch that if you can uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with all our reaction to the to both of those games and uh, yeah we'll see you then Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.